the mom to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Babies should be rocked to sleep. A mother who doesn't rock her baby to sleep is either lazy or selfish. These were the words I heard many years ago when I laid my baby down to sleep in a pack and play at someone else's house. I had never gotten into the habit of rocking my babies to sleep. I rocked them, yes, but only to enjoy them and spend time with them. But when it was nap time, I just swaddled them, I kissed them, and then I laid them down and they slept. But then that well-meaning woman used her own mothering experience to drape my nap time with shame. And I'm going to be honest, it took some real time to shake off her words. I kept coming back to them for months and months afterwards. But now on the other side of having four babies in five years and then eventually a fifth one sometime later, I am so glad that I never got in the habit of rocking my babies to sleep because the truth is most of my babies were still babies by the time I had another one. And if I had believed the myth that quote unquote good mothers always rocked their babies to sleep, I'd have lived in a rocking chair for years, ignoring the needs of my older children, my husband, and even myself. I was grateful that my babies could be laid down and settle themselves into cozy rest without any kind of stimulation from me. And now that's not to say that it's the only way to lay a baby down for a nap or even the best way, but that it was my way and that it worked for me and mine. And isn't that the way of motherhood? What works for one mom and her kids won't necessarily work for another. And yet so often we fall prey to so many mothering myths, these must do things that get flung at us, leaving us to feel inadequate and capable. But no more mamas. Today we are tackling some of the common motherhood myths so we can set the record straight. I shared one of the mothering myths that I fell victim to But before we talk about some other common ones, I'm wondering, ladies, if you've ever believed a mothering myth, and if so, what it was. Well, you know, the biggest one that I struggle with is this, and that is having one child makes you less of a mother. Mm. And I'm the woman, I wanted a large family, but the Lord had a different plan. And let me tell you, going to Babies R Us to buy a shower gift for a pregnant friend, maybe just want to run out of there screaming. (laughs) Every time I got invited to a shower, my heart just sunk. I really just thought others thought something must be wrong with me, wrong with my life, you know, something God was punishing me, whatever it was, not to be able to have more children, that somehow I was less than. And it took me years of just figuring this whole thing out and realizing that is not how God saw me. That was not the truth. And in fact, 20% of moms are moms of only children. So there are a lot of us out there. But back then, three decades ago, it was devastating because I thought it was true. I believed if God really loved me, he'd give me more children. And I had just a terrible perspective and I couldn't see the end from the beginning. So that's just not true. One child, if that's what God has given you, there's a purpose for that child. 
And I've heard that from many, Kate, that's those same sentiments. And really your investment of love and time and energy is no small thing. The two shouldn't be compared. Mm-mm. You don't love your child any less. Right. Well, I'm going to bow out of most of these mothering myths today because I want to hear from two titans of mothering, two mothers who have walked many, many miles and have seen with longevity what it looks like to be a mother who loves her children well, loves the Lord well, and lives with purpose, maybe dismissing some of the lies that many of us fall prey to. So ladies, I'm going to give you a mothering myth, and I want you to give me back the truth. Mothering myth number one, mothering comes naturally, and you're going to enjoy every minute. Well, the truth is motherhood is part what we know and part mystery. And the truth is we will not enjoy every minute. And when we do, that is the very thing that makes it magical. Hmm. Mothering myth number two, stay-at-home moms are unskilled and have no goals. I know I believed this one for years. No, I hate that one. I just think that's utter nonsense. Many of us become mothers after having had successful careers. But even if not, mothering takes incredible skill and wisdom. And I look at homeschool moms, particularly, I think they're a great example. I mean, all of us, I really believe we have loads of skills and we're going to have to take on our child's education. If you're homeschooling, that's a huge thing to take on. That is no small matter. And I started homeschooling back in the eighties before there were computers. So that's just crazy talk. I hate that people think that, that we're unskilled or we have no goals. Totally not true. Even the mother who doesn't homeschool Mm -hmm. is continuously teaching her children each and every day. Exactly. And that is no small thing. Mothering myth number three, good parenting will equal good kids. The truth for this myth is that good parenting only means good parents who are trying. Hmm. Mothering myth number four, quiet, outwardly compliant kids are good kids while loud and strong-willed kids are bad kids. Okay, so my answer to this for the truth for this motherhood myth is just laughable because if this myth was true, I would have a house full of really bad kids. Mm. And if you missed our previous episode on the strong-willed child, just go back and take a listen to that and you'll understand our real true feelings about those strong-willed kids. Mothering myth number five, the teen years will be a slog to just get through. You know, I didn't find that to be true at all. Now, again, I only had one child and I think having an only child can make it easier. Plus we were homeschooling. So my daughter didn't have to deal with much of the social pressure that teens typically have to deal with. And, you know, my attitude was that it's going to be fine. If you're assuming the teen years are going to be awful, well, they may turn out to be that way, but I just assumed nothing was going to change. She would not rebel or be difficult. And she wasn't. Mm. I think our attitude has a lot to do with it. Mm. Hey there, mama. I just want to jump in here for a second to tell you about a resource that will help you build independence and autonomy in your tweens and teens. For the past year, I've been sending my older ones out the door with a gab phone. Whether they're going out to do yard work for the neighbor down the street or heading to the library on their bike, They can just slip their phone into their pockets and give me peace of mind, knowing that I can get a hold of them when I need to. I've always been a bit hesitant to give my teens a cell phone because I didn't want them to have access to the internet, or more importantly, for the internet to have access to them. 
but that always seemed to pose a real problem when they had to babysit at someone else's house or when they wanted to go play basketball at the park. But not anymore. With the Gab Phone, they can have the best of both worlds, a little bit of freedom with plenty of safeguards. A Gab Phone looks and feels like a smartphone but isn't connected to the internet in any way. A tweener teen can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's it. For the most part, the phone acts just like an MP3 player with calling and texting capability. If you two are interested in purchasing a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can head to gabwireless.com and use coupon code mom to mom at checkout. That's gabwireless.com, mom to mom in all capital letters. Mothering myth number six, you just need balance to get it all done. Well, the truth to this is that balance has nothing to do with accomplishments. Balance has more to do with sanity and peace and getting it all done. That's just a myth in itself. There is always, always something to do. Mothering myth number seven, you lose out on life when you raise children. I think that can't be further from the truth because children, all they do is add to your life. They, they bring wonder, they bring joy. Yes, it, there's hard times. We all know that, but you're not losing out on anything. To me, it was such an enriching experience to raise my daughter. So I think that that is just a terrible myth. One thing that I mostly think of when I hear this myth is the amount of relationships that have been brought into my life simply because I am a mother that maybe wouldn't have happened without the blessing of children. Mm -hmm. Mothering myth number eight, motherhood stops when your children turn 18. Boy, is that one a lie? Often they'll need you more when they graduate and go off into the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I do believe there's more to our lives than mothering children. That's a season. But for the most part, it will primarily come to an end. But I like to tell moms there is an after party when they're grown and gone. And also that mother is not your only name. I mean, I didn't begin writing or speaking or podcasting or any of that till after my daughter had moved to Nashville, signed her record deal, all of that. For me, active motherhood was for a season. And now that she's married, she still needs me, of course, but in a different way. And that's how it should be. She has a whole new life, married and with children and, and doing her career, but I have a whole new life too. And I think if we think of it that way, that motherhood is a season, it's a time in your life, but it's not forever. Mothering myth number nine, the bond of motherhood is instant and comes the very first time you hold your baby. You know, this can happen anytime, whether it's at a hospital or at home, or you've adopted your baby or even fostering for women who carry their baby for nine or so months, you have a bond there for a baby born into a family. And you just received that baby. A bond happens over time. No one can ever take that away. Mothering myth number 10, it gets easier. I don't think anyone believes that that's true. It doesn't get easier. It gets more fulfilling and more enriching. But imagine uh, the single moms that are listening to us. It's not easy for them. I imagine every day there are challenges and it can be just a, a difficult thing raising children when you're trying to do it all on your own. So that is definitely not true for any of us. And I think too, you know, you can be in the toddler years and feel like it is never ending and it's physically draining. In the teen years, you're just as needed, but it's draining in a different way. So the need changes, but I wouldn't say it gets easier. Mothering myth number 11, wait until. 
my truth for that is there is so much more yet to come. And because I've lived that, and I know, Kate, you have too. I always think, why does everything have to be so negative and worrisome when people say, wait until this happens? I like to say, I cannot wait until now because I know what's to come and I've experienced it. So I like to answer people with that response. You can only imagine what is to come. There's so much good. I love that. Flipping the switch. I cannot wait. May that always be on our lips as mothers. Motherhood myth number 12. Idolizing motherhood will guarantee that your kids will turn out perfectly. Well, I think that when you idolize your kids, you know, motherhood can become a trap. That that idolizing of motherhood or of your children, it can become just a real trap that can easily grab a hold of us. But like I said before, mothering, actively mothering your children is for a season. And if you're idolizing them or you're idolizing motherhood, when that season ends, what's going to happen? It's going to be devastating. It's going to, you're, you're not going to be able to let go of your children. So I think that's something that we have to really be careful with. I think a lot of that ideology comes from our use of Proverbs 22, six, that says train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We have to remember that that's not a promise. It's a principle. And if that were a blanketed promise over every child, we would never have wayward children. We certainly wouldn't have an Adam and Eve that chose to disobey a perfect father. It is a principle. It's not a guarantee. It's not a promise. Motherhood myth number 13. Once you have children, your opportunities to serve are on hold until they're older. You know, I volunteered a lot when my daughter was home. My husband and I were both involved with our worship team at church. I volunteered for a while at both a crisis pregnancy center and a single woman's outreach. I wanted my daughter to see me doing other things, to see me volunteering so she could learn what it is to give to others with no expectation of return. It's important for us as moms to teach and model selflessness and charity and just show them what true Christian values are all about. Motherhood myth number 14, babies spoil if you hold them too much. The truth is, give me all the babies, give me all their snuggles, and you may or may not get as much done. I will have to say that, but I don't think spoiled is the right word. You know, I just heard this about the folks in Fiji. They will hold those babies for the entire first six months. Someone is always holding that child and they are the happiest people on earth. That's what they're known as. And I think a lot of that has to do with holding those babies. They feel so secure and so content. I found that really fascinating when I heard that recently. Hmm. Motherhood myth number 15, you have to potty train at two. The truth is I've seen it all. And I know that not every child can or will potty train it too. So just give yourself a break on this one. Oh, I wish somebody had told me that my first time around that would have saved me and her so many (laughs) tears by baby number two. I I think I got it. (laughs) Motherhood myth number 16, rocking babies to sleep creates bad sleeping habits. Please tackle that one. Well, the truth is, is that it does create habits. Let's begin there. It does create a habit. You just decide, have to decide how long you want that habit to last. I think that's the most gracious way to answer that question. (laughs) Motherhood myth number 17, be prepared to never sleep again. Well, you won't sleep much in the beginning. We all know that, but it's still a wonderful, joyful time. 
but it gets better. Just know that as the years go on, as they grow and get more independent, you'll get to sleep again. I feel like it goes in cycles because now that I have teenagers, Mm -hmm. my bedtime keeps getting pushed later and later and later. (laughs) And eventually you just have to say, that's fine. You can stay up, but I'm going to bed. (laughs) Right. And I think, I think that's where moms reinvented the whole nap concept. Mm. And finally, motherhood myth number 18, every mother can nurse. I want to tackle this one, girls, because I had five babies and struggled for years to nurse any and all of them. And I tried everything with a capital E that anyone would suggest to me or throw at me to the point of going to the doctor every two hours, going down to the hospital to have somebody supervise my nursing. And here's what I've determined. God gave me two eyes and yet I still have to wear glasses because I'm in a fallen world and my two eyes do not work perfectly. It stands to reason that two other things might not work as well also. We don't know what myths or really lies you've believed about what it means to be a good mom, but we hope that our discussion here today has dispelled some of those misguided beliefs. I know we've barely scratched the surface for some of them. Remember this, we're all in process, mama, trying to be the best moms that we can be to the children that God has specifically given us to mother. We're going to get it right sometimes. And we're going to mess it up at other times. But let's not get discouraged in doing well. Let's remember Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's not a myth, mama. That's a truth and a promise, not just for you, but for your kids. Thank you so much for joining us today for this candid conversation. If you've enjoyed our chat, we'd love it if you would take just a second to leave a positive rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever app you happen to be listening from.